Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. morning. I am dressed a little more casually this morning than usual, and I'm going to tell that story before we get into the sermon. As you might know, Chris is kind of a big guy that we baptized. Played uh, lineman in college for A&M in Louisiana Monroe and is in shape, but he's bigger than I am, and I had to go a little further down baptizing him than I generally have to go which caused all of the water to come into the waders, soaking me all the way down. And so, <laughs> thankfully, I had clothes for the tri-point service, and I had a quick decision to make. Do I come dripping up here, but with a coat and shirt tucked in and dressed, or do I sprint down the hall, alerting all of our security guards and volunteers and everyone else, uh, change very quickly and get back for the last verse of goodness of God. So that is the decision I made. Thank you. We'll see when my heart rate gets below 120. And, uh, uh, but I wanted to explain the slightly more casual look than normal. If you're visiting with us, our other service is very casual. This service, I at least generally put a coat on, uh, but that's all right. I know <laughs> it does not matter. But I thought you would enjoy the story nonetheless. But let me pray for us. God, you never know what a morning holds. Uh, Wonderful stories that encourage us and challenge us. Um, beautiful stories of baptism and unexpected occurrences. And challenges um, that are just opportunities. God, who knows what each of us have faced this morning getting here. What we faced in our week this morning that, that could have derailed us, might have derailed us. And yet we're here. God, needing to hear from you, wanting to hear from you. Speak to us, God. Honor the sacrifices that culminated in us being in worship here today. In your name we pray. Amen. We're continuing today our um, sermon series on generous lives and, and this call to generosity, really cultivating among us a spirit of generosity that we believe is a gospel posture to the world, that God is a generous God and gives to us generously, and therefore we have compulsion. We, we have reason uh, to give generously of everything God has given with us. And, and so we're going to dive into that a little bit. The, the theme today is going to be generosity of spirit. But before we get there, I want to just kind of keep unpacking each week a little bit more a concept of generosity, or maybe even more than that, not just a concept, a theology of this, to ground this in the character of God, ground this in Scripture and who we believe God to be. And so it starts with this. To be generous with something, you have to believe you have something with which to be generous. Does that, does that make sense? To, to be generous with something, you've got to start with the belief that you have something. And that you have agency over that thing. You have a choice with that thing. How, how to use it, how to spend it, how to hoard it. That you have agency over something. And so that's what we start with today. A belief that your life is yours. 
Uh, your life is, is a gift to you. Yes, we'll get to that, but it's yours. Y- your time and, and your, your energy, all the things that make you, you in the world, your, your personality and your, your gifts and your education and your background and all of these things, all of those are, are yours to be used how you will. I believe that God gives us unbelievably wide-ranging free will in how to give, how to use, excuse me, that which we've been given. And so for those of us who follow Jesus, the, the challenge of life is to live our whole lives for Jesus, is for uh, every decision, every word, every action, every thought, ultimately to come under the lordship of Jesus, to be poured through a, a Jesus filter in our life. And so that we obviously can't take time to think about every decision, but that God is forming our spirit over the years, over time in such a way that we're seeking to live every part uh, or to use every part of what we've been given from our time to ourself, to our money, to our resources, to everything, to use that for God's purposes in some way. And so we also believe God gives us of what we have for our use, right? God gives us uh, my time, talents, abilities, your time, talents, abilities, all of those things to care for you, provide for your physical, emotional, spiritual needs, provide for those of your family. And then there, there's generally a margin, there's an extra there that, that we're called to pour out into the world, to give generously of. And even that which God gives to use for our needs. How do we be generous with that? So this great big biblical call, it boils down to you have a life. You have a time here on earth. You have a a personality. You have things that make you you. You have resources, which we'll talk about next week. How are you choosing to use it? How is God guiding you to use it? So there's a theology to view on how we view all we possess that informs how we use what we have. And, and this Christian biblical perspective, I think, is that anything, anything we claim to possess is really a gift from God. And so do you work for the things you possess? You bet. Have you uh, worked to be educated and worked for your career and, and worked for cultivate your character and any number of things? You bet. But it goes back really to creation itself. We didn't do anything to bring creation into existence. God gives creation as a gift to creation. God creates out of nothing. God creates out of God's abundance. You did nothing to bring yourself into existence. God created you. Uh, he, He gifted you to the world. He gifted you to you to your family, to those who love you. If our creation itself has nothing in our power, then then everything, if that is a gift, then everything we have is a gift. Even the things we work for, even the things, you know, with our name on them. Creation itself, all of it, all of life is a gift. Then it follows that, that all we are given is to be used in some way to serve God or can be used to serve God. There are deeply spiritual kingdom implications for our use of time, for our use of money, for our use of ourself in the world. God calls us to be generous, open-handed, to give more of what is expected or might be reasonably asked of everything we have for his purposes. Last week, we talked about time. 
how we don't have too much time, too little time. We're not ahead of time. We're not behind of time. God gives us enough time. God calls us into the world. God one day will call us out of this world and, and home, and, and which means we have enough time, just enough, not too little, not too much, to be who God calls us to be, to do what God calls us to do in the world. And therefore, how we spend our time, use our time, think about time is very important. Today, we talk about a generosity of spirit, a little more enigmatic, perhaps, than um, time. We understand time a little bit, but what is spirit? So in this context, specifically, we know the Holy Spirit. We talk about the Spirit of God. We've talked about that a lot here. We're not setting the Spirit of God aside. Don't hear me say that at all. But for this purposes, we're talking about spirit a little differently. Our spirit uh, and, and alongside the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit informs our spirit. But what do I mean when we talk about our generosity of spirit? So, so for our purposes today, here's what I'm talking about. Our spirit, human spirit is the essence of what makes you, you. That's a sentence that doesn't write down so well, but it sounds better when you say it. What makes you, you? What does that boil down to? When you add up everything that you are, your experiences, your personality, your, your gifts, your natural gifts, your spiritual gifts, your, your background, all of that, when you add that up and, and say, man, that's, you know, that's, that's Phyllis, right? You know, that's, that's Ben. That, that's who they are. Your spirit is what makes you, you. It's what God has formed you to be. It's what life has shaped you to be. It's all the things that, that are you that could be used to serve God, to serve the world. The, the essence, the sum total of what makes you, you. you we, we might call this soul. I mean, I think the soul is somewhere around here. That's kind of a mysterious concept. We might call it our mind. I mean, think about the human mind for a minute. It's not just our brain. It's more than that. It's consciousness controls our emotions. It's somewhere the image of God in us is there. I mean, it, what makes you, you? What makes us more than other beings in this world? And so a generosity of spirit is a generosity of what makes you, you. It's a generosity of who you are and what you have to world. It might be defined this way. I think we have it on the screen. A generosity of spirit is an openness and willingness to share our gifts freely with others, joyously and willingly without expectation to receive anything in return. And so think about all you may have to offer the world, all that goes into your personality, to your being, to, to you being who you are, and generosity of spirit is being open with that, the willingness to share that with the world, to invest that not just in your benefit, right, or you getting ahead or your power in the world, but for the good of others in the name of Jesus, freely, joyously, without expecting, you know, return necessarily on that investment, or at least not return in line with what you are giving to the world. There are myriad of texts that we could go to Old Testament, New Testament, beginning to end, to illustrate the ways God models a generosity of spirit that we are to follow. I mean, we could go anywhere. I chose a few just to kind of walk us through. If I'm telling you, encouraging you to be generosity and generous in spirit, what do we, where do we get this from? What does this mean? We could, 
we could go to several. I, I thought of first of perhaps Philippians 2, 5 through 11, this uh, great early church hymn that, that speaks of who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do. And there in, in 2, 5 through 11, it says in the middle of it, speaking of Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. So in the incarnation, which we just started, we just talked about a few weeks ago for several weeks, incarnation and action. In coming and taking on human form, Jesus shows this amazing generosity that he did not think being God was something that should only benefit God, but being God took the form of one of us so that we might live, so that we might be forgiven. This amazing generosity in the heart of God that, that came to be one of us, uh, not so that God alone could benefit or profit from being God, but emptied himself for the sake of humanity. Not just generous, but sacrificial. More practically, I don't know, that's about, that's theological, but it's pretty practical. <laughs> the incarnation worked out well for us in real terms. But as we go back to the Gospels, right, and, and stories of what Jesus did, how many times in Scripture do we see Jesus seemingly uh, tired or exhausted or, or, or needing to get away from the crowds, wanting to get away from the crowds, to be with his disciples, to pray, to teach, perhaps just to rest and recover? There, there are several times we see a physically tired Jesus. And in almost every one of those times, there's someone around, either the crowds come to him or there's someone that presents himself and he shows amazing generosity of spirit when he is tired, when he has not much physically to give, still willing to give of what he has, of his power, of his time, of his energy in order to serve others. I mean, we have, we preached on this uh, several weeks ago, the woman at the well, he had been on this long hike to Samaria to get to up in, in Galilee and cut through and, and it shows him tired and hot in the middle of the day at this well. The disciples go into the town to get food. He doesn't have enough energy to do that, stays at the well. Th this woman with this, this tough background, tough life that she lives come out. So we have tired Jesus <laughs> Not going in to even get food with the disciples, but waiting there. And yet, what is the result of this? Generosity of spirit. To ask questions only Jesus could ask that could result in salvation that only Jesus can give. Generosity of spirit. The feeding of the 5,000. Jesus is tired. <laughs> Jesus and his disciples have been working hard. They, they go around the lake or go over the lake to get away on the other side of the Sea of Galilee from where everyone was so they could have some time together to pray, to be with the disciples. And the crowds rush around the lake and meet them there. And so already tired, Jesus spends the whole day healing these people. Generosity of power, generosity of spirit, giving what he had to give, which was something with no expectation of return. And then even at the absolute end of a day of serving, healing, performing miracles, uh, they still have nothing to eat. And so one last time in this story, gives what he has to give and feeds everybody there with leftovers to spare. We could perhaps go to Acts. Or I guess even on the cross, really. Jesus shows generosity of spirit praying for the forgiveness of those crucifying him, thinking of their spiritual needs, even as he hung dying. The first report of the church in Acts 
which we talked about this past summer, they devoted themselves, we might say, to generosity, to the apostles' teaching. They broke bread together. They prayed together. And everyone shared with everyone else as there was need. Generosity is there in the plan for the early church. Just after this, Peter and John are on their way to meet with the Sanhedrin. And and on the way there, they are uh, called out to by this uh, lame beggar sitting there at the edge of the temple. And they stop and heal this man, a generosity of spirit. It's going to make their case with the Sanhedrin harder. (laughs) It's going to complicate their life. And yet here was this man and they had something to give, a generosity of what they had shared there with this man. And when Cornelius and his household a few chapters later are saved, uh, what is the immediate result of that? They, They beg Peter, stay with us. And let's feast. And so the immediate result of salvation for Cornelius and his household is generosity of spirit, is hospitality. Stay with us. Let's have a party. This is something we're celebrating. Later on, when Lydia and her family are all baptized by Paul, the immediate result, Lydia says, stay with us and let's throw a party. There's some, let's feast. There's something good happening here. On and on and on we go. Generosity of spirit. You know, we might take it one step further. Not just that there's ample evidence that God is generous with us and and asks us to do the same. I think that's sure. We have things to offer. We, We should offer them to the world generously. We actually might take it one step further than that and go back to to Mark 6 and Matthew 10. And it's more than just God calls us to be generous, to follow God's example of generosity. If we go back to Matthew 10, Mark 6, when Jesus sends out the disciples for the first time, do you remember this? He sent them out and and he basically says, don't take anything with you. Don't take extra clothes. Don't take a coin purse. Don't take a staff. Uh, Don't don't make hotel reservations ahead. You know, don't, don't do anything. And trust the hospitality, what he calls people of peace. Look for the people of peace. And maybe more than God calls us to be generous of spirit. He may have built the entire church on trusting us to be generous. That our generosity, he works in hearts and minds and he works in you and me. And he trusts our generosity of spirit to answer the prayers of those who were praying for comfort, for need, for food, for shelter, for love, for encouragement, for brotherhood, for sisterhood, for friendship, for community. God stirs and he leads them. The spirit leads them to God's people and the spirit of God trusts God's people to be generous of spirit. He sent out the disciples and said, don't take anything. And in every town you encounter, there will be people who welcome you. There will be people who take you in. There will be people who shelter you and and feed you. There'll be people who protect you and there will be people who won't. And for those who won't, shake the dust off your feet and move on. But look for the people of peace. It may be the generosity of spirit is how the kingdom of God goes on. God gives us things. He blesses us with with us, (laughs) with our personality, with our gifts of all we have to give. And he sends us out in the world saying, be generous with what you have. Look to the needs of others. Look 
to one another. And the kingdom of God grows on. It moves forward by this reciprocal generosity that we receive generosity from one another. We receive generosity from God. We extend generosity of spirit to one another. And the kingdom of God rolls on. It may be how the church is built. Church, it's incumbent on each of us to take inventory of the spiritual resources God has given us that he desires us to be generous with. What makes you, you, that God might can use? You may not be the right person to answer that question, ironically. (laughs) Maybe the person sitting next to you, your spouse, your friend, maybe there's someone else that you're very close with in this world that might see you with better vision than you do. They may see more than you have to offer than you do. And you need to ask them. You need to ask them to tell you, what what do I have to offer? But be honest and take take stock, take inventory. I mean, what what talents do you have? What, What gifts, just natural gifts, spiritual gifts have you been given? What do you enjoy doing? What are some of your hobbies in the world that give you excitement and passion and you kind of light up. What is your job or what was your job and how might that be used to serve and bless others? What is in your possession? We'll talk about possessions and resources more next week. What experiences have shaped you in your life? Maybe positive, also some made negative in your past that can be used to encourage people going through similar things today. What makes you, you, that God might use, if you offer it, to encourage, to lift up, to create community and brotherhood, friendship, sisterhood, to bless someone to to share Jesus with someone or at least start relationship with someone so that Jesus might be shared with someone. What makes you, you, that God might can use for his kingdom? This is one of those base questions of life we could start with every morning. Who am I going to see today? What do I have to do today? How might God want to use my time today? How might God want to use me? The wonderful, amazing, unique way God has created me and God has created you that might be uniquely suited based on who you are and where you live and the day you're going to live to witness for Jesus, to participate in the kingdom of God today. Who am I going to encounter that the spirit of God might be moving in and God is entrusting my heart, my life to be generous with what I have today to make the connection between their prayer and a God who answers prayer and people who are faithful to hear and receive and give of what we have to give. That's a question for every day. And friends, the wonderful news is we see this among us every week. We see this among us. We receive it and benefit it. Just this week, I visited with a, a chaplain here in town who does goes to a different church, but knows people in this church whose mom has cancer and they live in another town in Texas. Probably a few people in the church might know them. And she showed me, but most don't. And she showed me a text this week from her mom said, it was a good day. I'm doing better. I received many prayer grams from Trinity Baptist Church that were so encouraging. Isn't that cool? Not a fun text to receive and for a pastor to receive. Generosity of spirit, blessing someone you may know, you may not, 
but watching the kingdom of God move round and round. We could go on of the stories that, that we have. We can be imaginative with this. I meant to bring it here and just forgot it in the hurry of the morning, but in my previous church, there was this, this older man that, that loved woodworking and he was just kind of a crotchety guy, you know, just to be honest with him. I'm not in his church anymore and I can kind of say that a little bit. Um, and he, he had trouble, he didn't have great social skills. He had trouble with people, but he could just do anything with woodwork. And the way he participated in the kingdom of God that I saw is he just made little things in his own gruff way. He was a teddy bear at heart and he would give pins or he would give little turned bowls or he would just give little things that were probably fairly easy and inexpensive for him, but it was his way to bless children, to, to bless young, to bless others in the church that had done something to him. It was his way to be generous of what he was good at. That's not something I could do, but it's something he could do. What is one way you can? Friends, we're called to live generous lives from creation on to, to model this that God has modeled for us, that Jesus has shown us, that the Spirit of God challenges us to do. How is God speaking to you? I want to do this to end. I really just want to spend like 30 seconds of silence. I know we're not comfortable with silence in Baptist life, but we're going we're gonna to do 30 seconds. I think we can do 30 seconds together. Before we go into the invitation, Jacob's going to come on up and be ready to sing for us here in a bit. So we don't go over 30 seconds. He'll time us. I promise you, it won't be that long. And we're really just going to ask. I'm going to ask on our behalf for the Holy Spirit to reveal what he has given us that can be used for his kingdom. Maybe you know right away what that is. Maybe you're going blank right now and you have no idea. But I, I'm going to ask. We're going to trust the Spirit of God to speak to us. And it may not be in this 30 seconds. It may be throughout the week. It may be right now. Say, God, you've created me. God, you desire to use me. How can I be used generously to serve you? So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to go straight into invitation. And, and friends, you can come pray for that here. You can pray to receive this Jesus that speaks to us and saves us and desires to use us greatly in the kingdom of God. You can decide to join a church that wants to be used together greatly for the kingdom of God or anything else you may need to pray for. But let me pray for us and sit with open hands, open hearts, open minds to receive what God may have to give. God, we ask you, you are generous beyond imagining to us. You created us. You gave us this world. You, you've created us in our uniqueness and our beauty and our wonder. And you want, we are here saying, we want to be used greatly by you. We want to give generously of all that we have for you. Speak to us. What have you given us that we could use generously for your kingdom. We ask you to speak. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor, Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.